Welcome to the Unleash Your Inner Bold podcast. Get ready to learn new ways to think differently about growth, leadership, and your brain. I'm your host, Barbara Gustafson. Let's get started. Well, welcome. Like many of you, I'm a member of the Fredericksburg Regional Chamber of Commerce. I own a local small business called Discover Next Step, and I enjoy collaborating with businesses who want to create more alignment in their life and work. I'm partnering with the Chamber to host a series of podcast episodes, and and we know that many business professionals and owners are still struggling from the effects of 2020. They might feel themselves worn or exhausted and just ready to hit that reset button on life. And so the Chamber and I put our heads together to see what we could do to support our community to help them get their spark back. And we're focusing several episodes to dedicate to give you tools and tips specifically for emotional and mental resiliency. And we've invited subject matter experts to share their expertise and wisdom with us. So we're gonna jump right in with our first guest who's gonna be sharing with us today how to bounce back. It's all about building inner resiliency. So Nathan Gist is an international speaker, teacher, radio host, business owner, husband, and father. And as a confidence coach, he's taught thousands of people how to overcome fear and anxiety, build confidence, and improve the quality of their life. From federal agents to stay-at-home moms and entrepreneurs, Nathan designs programs customized to each individual or group need. Approaching life with humor and fun, we can't forget that, (laughs) and faith, Nathan's main drive is to connect and teach how to live life to the fullest and be at your best. So utilizing professional coaching, NLP, hypnosis, and some good old mental hustle, Nathan brings real and actionable solutions to life. And I've had the pleasure of working with Nathan over the years. He's also helped me with my business, and I'm thrilled to share him with you today. So welcome, Nathan. It's great to have you here. Yeah. (laughs) I appreciate that. Thank you. Absolutely. So today's topic is about that inner resiliency. Yeah. Yes. That has been tested to the limit this year of all years. Yes, it has. (laughs) So I want to know... If you can share with us your background on this and how you've struggled in the past with your own resiliency. Yeah, well, I mean, it's uh, it's funny because when it, <laughs> I think to myself, well, is that going to be personal or professional? <laughs> <laughs> and it's a little bit of both in all sincerity. I think we all have that uh, because it all starts that way in the very beginning, right? When we're kids, we have certain situations or scenarios that we get put in and we have to figure out how do you bounce back? Yeah. Because so many times for us when we're young, we, it's the center of the world is us. And then we go to school and all of a sudden it's like, wait, well, there's there's 30 it's other not. people. <laughs> <laughs> and so one of the things that I, I learned early on when it comes to resiliency is that you just, you do, you just have to keep getting back up. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is kind of that, that old Japanese proverb that says fall seven, rise eight, right? You just get back up one more time, then you get knocked down. And that can show up in a lot of different ways for people. You know, it can show up in relationships. It can show up in business. It can show up in, you know, friendships and everything around you. But just recognizing that when you're in those scenarios to constantly keep looking forward, how do I keep going? Yes, I love that. A friend of mine calls it, be the quicker getter upper yeah, in life. I like yeah. that. 
And so I guess uh, if you specifically for this year, uh, when it comes to COVID, I would say that resiliency, let me tell you something like beginning of the year of 2020, I was like, this is going to be spectacular. Had like one of the best months I ever had in February uh, or January. And then February is incredible. And March looked like it was going to be a record breaker. And then all of a sudden everything stopped. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> what happened? <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> and yet the thing is, people are still de- people are dealing with their same issues, but now all of a sudden they don't have the outlet to do it, right? Because we're all on mm-hmm. lockdown. You can't go out. You can't connect with people. And so I guess the resiliency in that moment really began to uh, show forth because I had to adapt to the business. Uh, so I run a hypnosis practice in Fredericksburg, Fredericksburg Hypnosis. Um, I also do a couple online businesses as well. Um, and so one of the things I had to do, and that was specifically, how do I begin to see people online when it comes to utilizing hypnosis and life coaching? And yeah, that was an adventure. I bet it was. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So when we talk about resiliency, it's almost like, you know, when something happens, sometimes we think it's almost too late to start building resiliency. We mm. need to start doing something beforehand to prepare. You're for, exactly right. Yeah, definitely. So when... Let's, let's think of local coaches and businesses when they're going through a crisis. And it, it could have been COVID. It could have been another crisis because things, other things were happening in our life. Mm. So tell us, like, speak to us. How does resiliency play in helping them come out stronger? Because honestly, not everyone comes out stronger. A lot of people do. But I know there's specific things that oh, yeah. having that inner resiliency beforehand helps us. Yeah, well, and even working with some businesses as well, uh, when they're dealing with resiliency, whether it was COVID or before that, whatever you might be saying, is that you have scenarios where you're right. If we are reactive certain things, then it can completely knock us off track, right? You can say you. some people come out stronger. Otherwise, you know, they're limping. <laughs> they're, they're dragging their files behind them. And so one of the things you got to look at is, Look at, first of all, how you process the things that are happening around you. Uh, for example, is your, is, are you reactive or proactive and even the way that you're thinking? Um, is, are things constantly happening to you? Like there's even, there's language built in to the way that we speak, such as, um, I, I think of cause and effect, right? Uh, if you're constantly on the side of effect or the cause, then it's whatever's happening on the outside is happening to me. And now I have, because of this, I'm this, or I, because of that, I'm reacting this way. And the thing is, if you're always on the side of that, then the wind blows and all of a sudden your day changes. Where if you begin to flip the switch on that thing and all of a sudden now you become the cause that creates the effect of the other things around you, that begins to change even your language. Where uh, my plan is in my business, I'm gonna do this, right? Now all of a sudden I'm the cause and the effect is what I'm going after. But if we're constantly going the other way around, that's where the difficulty comes in because now, in a sense, in a sense you're just you're, you're just kind of victim to whatever's happening around you. He made me feel this way. This situation made me feel this way or this thing happened and now I'm this versus I'm creating X, Y, Z. Yes, and I think it's powerful how you're talking about it. it's important what we tell ourselves. I think it's especially challenging when we have an external crisis that happens mm-hmm. to us. That's really challenging. Now, let's go back to what you said about processing. Yeah. Because I think sometimes, uh, and I'm all for positive thinking, I really <laughs> am, but I, I don't think we can Pollyanna our way out of situations. And sometimes yep. we need to really accurately look at what's happening to us so we can know how to shift. Talk to us about 
how you process or you walk other people through that. Yeah, well, and I like what you said there too about the Pollyanna thing, right? Affirmations and all that stuff are great, but you have to really look at them, right? Like, <laughs> No matter how much I believe and visualize, I'm never gonna be a seven foot tall professional basketball player. It's not gonna happen, right? Like it just, not possible. <laughs> and so one of the things that you can look at is that when you are going through a situation, or even if you're preparing to go through a situation, right? Maybe it's a, uh, a big speech that you have to give, or maybe it's a, you know, a medical thing that you're going through, whatever it might be. We have to begin to look at those things and recognize that, um, one, the awareness of how we're thinking, right? Yeah. And two, begin to look at specifically those truths or those limiting beliefs that are there. Does that make sense? It does. A good way to, to explain that is that you have to, one, become aware of the way that you're thinking, right? When I have clients come to see me for whatever the issue is, right? They're quitting smoking, they're losing weight, they're afraid of something, or they're just dealing with some past issues in their life. The first thing we have to look at is what does your thinking look like around this thing? And once you begin to identify that, then you begin to deconstruct the way that you're thinking. Mm. And so first step in that, right? I become aware, this is, the, this is the thinking that I have in the situation or the situation that I have. And now I wanna to begin to one, look for, is this fundamentally true? Meaning if it's a limiting belief and I'm saying, there's no way I could possibly make this much money or I could do this or whatever it is, right? I couldn't make 50,000 or 100,000 or $200,000 in my, in my life. Is that fundamentally true? That means in the whole construct of the universe and all things, is it possible for anybody in this planet to reach the goal that I'm saying I can't do? And if that's not true, then all of a sudden now you have a, a foot in the door. Mm. Now all of a sudden you begin to build in, well, how can I make this true? What can I do to put me on that right path? That's good. And I really like the idea. Um, sometimes we expect ourselves to go from where we are, you know, if we don't desire that place to way over there, that huge gap. Yeah. But I like the foot in the door approach. It's like, what is something small that is doable that I can do? And what I love about that, that starts to blow that fundamental belief that we have that might not be true. Yeah. And help us, um, the way I look at it, sometimes we see this obstacle as massive. Yeah. But if we can break it down into smaller stuff, and see them as these, you know, there might be problems still, but they're smaller and doable. I think it, for me, it makes it easier in my brain. Oh, very much so. Yeah. Deconstruct it, take it apart. Take it apart. Yeah. Yes, kind of like Legos. <laughs> yep, Legos. And even if you think of like, I mean, just like a quilt or, you know, something like that. Like you, if you want to try to rip that by yourself, it's very difficult, but mm. you start pulling away all those individual strings, all that little, the lines and begin, now it becomes to, it be, the argument begins to fall apart that is against you. Yeah. So you talked about awareness. I think this would be a really cool question for you. Mm. Um, Cause I referred to when we're not aware, it's because we have blind spots. We all have them, no yeah. matter how, you know, expert we are in our field, we all have blind spots. What What is your take on this and how it relates to what we're talking about? Well, I think something like what we're doing right now is incredibly important because I, you know, even when somebody comes in and they talk to me, why do I need a coach and this kind of stuff, I'm professional in this or I could do that or whatever. Like Tiger Woods still has a coach, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, and the reason is he can't see his own swing. 
And so the thing we got to recognize is that one, begin to have conversations with people around you, become aware of what's happening because those blind spots, all of a sudden you could say, wow, I learned something new about business or I learned something new about dealing with a client or a customer or my mindset or like there's so much knowledge. And if you believe that you arrived, well, then you have. And that's as far as you're going to go. But the reality of all of this is that we're all in this journey together as we continue to grow. And so gleaning from each other is one of the most powerful things that you can do. Yeah, I like that phrase you use. We can't see our own swing. Mm. Don't be surprised if you hear me say that. (laughs) (laughs) Talk to us about easy steps. Uh, Maybe some of our listeners, they, I mean, they're at different places, but maybe they're at a place where they, maybe in the details, they can't see that big picture anymore right now. Talk to us how we can start moving forward and building our own inner strength. Yeah, so when we take a look at uh, those little baby steps first, I always recommend you gotta, you gotta step back, right? You step gotta take back. a look at what's going on around you. Okay. Um, whether that is life, whether that's business, relationships, whatever it is. Step back, and there's a phrase that I would use with some folks that I would say, if I wasn't a reasonable person. <laughs> if I wasn't? If I was okay. a reasonable oh. person what would I do in this? Uh, And what happens is that gives you a little bit of a distance right there, right? There's a disassociation for just a moment. And with that, you can begin to hopefully get that 30,000 foot view of what's going on and then begin to hone in or zoom in on certain aspects of it, right? This area with um, billing, if this is an issue, okay, let's begin to look at that. If uh, customer retention is an issue, let's begin to zoom in on that. And what gives you that moment to, to step back and to begin to see those things, it kind of helps you to, to see, okay, now that I'm looking at this one individual thing rather than just all of it, what do I do about this? It kind of reminds me like I, I loved back in the day when you could actually ride, fly in airplanes. <laughs> right? <laughs> because there was one thing about taking off that was great is because all of a sudden as I'm looking out the window, I start seeing all the houses and the streets and everything down there. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, I think this is my whole life. And it's not. It's just an aspect of it. And it's very difficult to see the whole town when you're standing right in the middle of it or when you're on the ground on it. And to be able to see your life for just a moment where you're looking at it and saying, okay, these are different aspects and things that I can do. It begins to create that awareness of, okay, this is an area that's going good. This one over here needs a little work. So what do you do from there? Okay, you got me there. I mean, that just gave me a different kind of view, just Mm. you following that. So disassociation, because I know this is a part of work you do. Tell us why it's so important. And I'm going to give an example because I've come to you like with um, just terrifying fear. You know, Mm. in the beginning of my business, it's like, how do I do this thing? And it just seemed like an overwhelming monster, like, you know, not a monster's ink monster. Those are too much fun, but like a big, scary monster. And I remember you helped me with disassociation. Tell me why that's so important. Well, one of the things that or the advantages that I feel like I have in what I do is that I work with the subconscious, right? Our conscious mind and subconscious. We know these are real. This isn't some made up thing that Nathan has today. (laughs) (laughs) Conscious mind, it's critical thinking, it's problem solving, it's very Mm. analytical. Subconscious is emotion and behaviors. And so we have this conflict that happens inside of us sometimes where we wanna make a change, we wanna do something, we're very analytical, we're thinking it through, whatever it might be, and then we get stuck, right? 
I'm going to lose this weight. And then you're like, ah, I don't want to go to the gym today. Right? <laughs> or I'm going to do this in my business. Oh, but that's hard. <laughs> and yeah. so we get stuck in this thing where we have the idea to do it, but yet sometimes we get stuck in not being able to get it done. And so that right there is kind of that disconnect. And we are when we are associated into something, well, let me step back from that from just a moment. I'll, I'll be there in just one minute. <laughs> so when I, the reason I bring up the conversation about the conscious mind and unconscious mind is because when we are struggling with something, typically it's because the emotion is overriding the critical th the thinking, mm. right? And so if you think of emotion and, and logic, what's going to win? And I, I know some people want to be analytical and they'll be like, logic. <laughs> like I've had DOD specialists, right? These analysts come into my office and I'm like, <laughs> emotion and logic, what's going to win? And they're logic. And I'm like, have you met people before? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> have you ever told somebody to calm down before? <laughs> it never, ever works. And so when we recognize that we respond in life, we react in life from this place of emotion, right? That's built into these cycles and way that we do certain things. That's why we're constantly overriding what we want to do right? If we have a good intention behind something. And so one of the things that we can do when I'm working with folks is that because that conversation that's happening on that deep subconscious level with them, that has a limiting belief that I can't really do this thing or that I'm lazy or I'm tired or it's too hard or whatever the case is, that's the thing that begins to override that conscious mind. And so when we disassociate from it, that means we are stepping back from the emotion of it. When you are in the moment, when you are associated, you're feeling it, you're thinking it, you're completely in the moment of that thing. But if you can step back for a moment, see it differently from that 30,000 view look or uh, 30,000 foot view, or to look at it a different perspective or reframe the things that you're going through. Now, all of a sudden you can begin to change and you can have a breath in between there. Ooh, yes. So reframing, yeah. which is a fabulous tool. Um, talk to us how someone can reframe it. And, and I look at it as often we give a story to that fear oh, yeah. or something. There is a meaning that we've tied. It could have been a personal past experience or something that someone said to us that just stuck in our brains that we just couldn't never get out of that loop. Mm -hmm. But how do we change that story or reframe something? Um, I love this. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so, this stuff is so geeky cool to me. <laughs> right? like, so reframing, you look at a situation that you're in and you begin to, to even just in the language, let's, let's smaller bite, smaller bites of this thing. If we look at our language where we're saying, you know, this is this difficult thing that I'm going through, or I can't do this or whatever it is. What if we begin to change just a little bit of the language around, well, this becomes an obstacle, this becomes a challenge. You soften the language of that thing. So now all of a sudden, instead of being this brick wall that's sitting in front of you, you look at it and you say, okay, if I were to reframe this, if I could go over this, how could I do it? If I could go around it, how could I do it? If I had to go through this thing, how could I do it? And you begin to shape the conversation. You begin to reframe the conversation within your own mind. Because if you think about it, almost like a, a, a picture on the wall, right? That picture just doesn't go on forever. There's a border that goes around that frame. And the great thing about that is you get to choose the border. How much of this thing gets to grow out and how much of this thing gets to stay in. You are creating, shaping, reframing that thing that is difficult in your life. Yeah. And what I'm thinking of is the power of questions and mm. the power of the quality of questions. And they could be simple questions, but there has to be would you say a certain amount of curiosity? 
an openness, yes. just getting curious, not even yes. if you don't know the answer, just by posing the question and being open to it. What are your thoughts on that? I, I love curiosity. Curiosity solves so much for folks because what happens is when we have fears, lots of times we have a definitive answer already. I'm afraid of this and this is what's gonna happen, whether it's true or not. But when curiosity is there, I wonder what happens if. And now all of a sudden that begins to open up some possibilities for you there. There's not that definitive of, oh, you're right, this is everything's gonna go wrong, everything's gonna collapse. But if, I guess, another way to put it is this, Lots of times when I'm working with folks and they're dealing with fears or certain issues along those lines, there's a lot of what if conversations that show up. And so one of the things I ask people to do is to flip the script on that too. Instead of what if, we begin to change it to if then what. If then what gives me power because now all of a sudden I have the ability to do something instead of just being a passenger and watching everything that happens. Mm. So give me an example. You know me. Mm. I like these tangible examples. Walk us through a, a statement of how someone would flip that. The, the what if? Yes. Yeah. If I open my business, if it fails, the economy crashes, I'm no good, then I'm going to lose all my money. <laughs> then uh, nobody's going to like me. I'm going to go eat worms. Right? <laughs> right? That's the worst case scenario. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and so that's the that's the um, the what if. Yes. Right. So we begin to flip it to if then what. If I open my business and it's not successful, what do I do now? And so what's the first thing that shows up? There's no judgment in this. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe then I go start working for somebody else again. Or maybe I have to move in with my mom or, you know, I mean, whatever that answer is for you, even if it's not your best case scenario or situation, at least there's an answer that moves you forward with it. Yes. In a way that you begin to almost going tracking back to our first conversation about cause and effect. Now you begin to cause that thing rather than just being on the side of effect. Meaning if the business does not work out well, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're no good, that you're, you know, all these other things. It just simply means that that did not work for you. So now what do we begin to create? And if you have some of these scenarios, again, that's kind of the, pre, the, the proactive side of this where it's not just waiting for it to happen and, and going in with all your fears. But now all of a sudden you have, okay, if then what, if this does happen, well, then I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. I have options. Yes. And I, that's what I'm seeing because often if we're just stuck on the one thing, it's like we see ourselves, that's the end of the road. That's it just it. doesn't happen. I but can't this see anything past that. gives you options. And I'm thinking of local businesses, even during 2020, who operated that way. They, you know, it was a struggle for them, but they started to see options and they started to try things no guarantees it would work but a lot of them were successful and a lot of people started imitating what they did mm -hmm. so it's interesting how that if we just change and again it's just a subtle getting your foot in the door yeah which is really cool because a lot of us are worn and just tired and just exhausted and it's hard to take big steps right now and these little yeah. steps honestly give me hope and it takes the pressure off 
And that's what I recommend yeah. to people. Like we, so many times we talk about these big actions. You got a big, massive action. You got to change everything. Mm -hmm. You got to. <laughs> it's nice, but we don't have to. That stuff is scary. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the whole mind and body and everything that you have begins to fight against it because it feels like a threat because it's new. And so one of the things that happens too, when folks come in to see me to work with an issue or whatever it might be, is I'll have the conversation with them. I'll ask them, I'll say, what is life gonna look like when this is no longer an issue? Ooh. And sometimes I hear things like, I can't even imagine. And I want you to get this. That's not just a phrase. They can't see it. They can't imagine it. How in the world are you gonna hit a target when you don't even know where you're aiming? And so one of the first conversations that I have with folks is let's begin to imagine, let's begin to picture, let's begin to create what a possibility would look like in this. Because if literally you cannot see it, then how is there gonna be anything beyond it other than what you expect or what you think is actually happening? Ah, good, good stuff. Wow. So what is one thing you want our listeners to walk away with today to encourage them and give them hope? Oh my goodness. That's just pushing all my buttons. Just <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Was that right? Uh, so one thing to encourage folks. Uh, first of all, you're not broken. Mm. And the situations that you're going through, the scenarios that you're they're running through, first of all, your mind and body are doing the very best that they can. Yeah. And the difficulties comes when sometimes we don't see other options that are there. And so one, give yourself some credit. Success doesn't come overnight. It's those conversations when we see those folks that are apparently overnight successes. But if you look real close, you're like, nah, that took some time to get there. Yeah. And so break it down into small steps like we talked about. I guess if I would have put these in order, which is probably what I should do. <laughs> One step back, create that awareness. What's going on in my life? Begin to, to Begin to zoom in on some of those certain aspects and then begin to deconstruct those limiting beliefs and instead of just seeing that there's only one side to it, which is failure or not an option or I can't do it or whatever, begin to look for things like reframing the conversation and saying, what could be possible in this? And as you do, that'll give you the next step. And if you can't see the one after that, that's fine. Take the first step. Take the first step. Yeah. Fabulous. So where can people reach out to you? Yeah. So there's a, a couple different ways. Uh, FredericksburgHypnosis.com. Uh, and so really simple there. Um, I've actually begun to work with some other folks in some other areas too, which is pretty fun. Uh, I've been working with some traders as well, stock market and all that kind of stuff because it's fun psychology. <laughs> like I like to trade and it's great, right? Pushing buttons and you get to choose and watching your, all your fundamentals and all your technicals and stuff like that. But the psychology of trading is, whoo. Fascinating, huh? <laughs> it is amazing because it will bring out all the greed, the scarcity, the doubts, the fears, the worries, all of that stuff. Because to trade is not really difficult, right? You click a button or you make a phone call, but it's all the other stuff that happens before and during and after that makes a quality trader. And so that is actually called unshakable trading. And so that's a new aspect that I'm working in in a while as well. How fun. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And I wanna ask our listeners, what is one thing you learned from Nathan today or became aware of that will help you with building your own inner strength. It could be realizing, well, I am stronger than I thought I was, or maybe I need to give myself more grace, or perhaps I need to reach out to someone for support. What is that one thing? And then what is one thing you can pass on to someone else to give them encouragement and hope? 
So we hope these episodes will help you find the resources that you need to support you, your teams, and family with emotional and mental wellness. Be well and join us next time for another exciting guest who will share their expertise to help you get your spark back.